Have you ever thought about what heaven's really going to be like? Have you thought about our Heavenly Father lately? How many of you have had fathers that you want to thank God for today? Let me see your hand. I want to praise the Lord for my uh, fathers that he's placed in my life. I think, for example, of my earthly father. Uh, he's been a real priest in my life, a Barnabas, a real encouragement. And I thank God for him. I want to thank God for my preaching father, uh, Dr. Stephen Olford. He was really poured into us and had the privilege of spending time with him, been a real mentor in my life. And I know you, as I did this morning, got about seven text messages from different men that I've had the privilege of being their pastor. And then I want to thank God for uh, my pastor father, my dear pastor, Brother Condred Perkle. He was a real great man of God, and the Lord used him in my life. And I hope today you'll reminisce of men that God has used in your life. I want to thank God for uh, my prophecy uh, father in the Lord. I had the privilege of going to Israel with him and Turkey and Rome, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung. And then I want to thank God for many practical fathers that are sitting here today having known you almost these 30 years and how you have blessed me and poured into my life and I hope and trust uh, we've had the privilege of doing the same. And what we're going to do today, we're going to consider the thought in my father's house. I've been really praying about what the Lord will have us to share today in my father's house. You know, children like to brag about their fathers. You remember that when you brag about your father? My dad can run faster than your dad can. I heard about two little boys, and one was bragging about his dad. He said, my dad can, he's strong. He's stronger than your dad. And another little boy spoke up and said, my dad, he can beat up your dad. Another little boy said, that's nothing. My mama can beat up my, my dad. And nothing to that. But today we're considering the eighth message out of the book of Revelation. We've been studying through the book of Revelation, and we're going to continue our study as we look today at four ways that I think the Lord is going to prepare us to the time when we reach our Father's house. Remember what Jesus said? He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Let's say that together. In my Father's house are many mansions. One more time. In my Father's house house are many mansions that's John in chapter 14 and verse number one and so I want you to know that uh, here as we look in our text today four ways that I think the Lord is going to prepare us to appreciate our earthly fathers in addition to the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father we're going to see it very clearly in the book of Revelation. So I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 7. Find your Bibles, please, and those by uh, listening. Find your Bibles as we study the Word of God together. It's such a blessing to come to the house of God. And I believe the Lord's going to encourage us today through His Word. And find the book of Revelation, chapter 7. As a matter of fact, we're really just following up on where we concluded last Sunday. You remember, uh, as we looked at Revelation, chapter 6. Hold your place in Revelation 4, uh, chapter 7, rather. And then I want you to please uh, find Revelation chapter 14 as well. Find Revelation chapter 14, but hold your place there in chapter 7. We'll come back primarily to chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. There are four ways that God placed in my heart to tell you today that we can prepare for our Father's house. 
Number one, and don't worry about them, I'll get them on the screen in a moment. Will you offer the sacrifice of praise to our Heavenly Father because of who He is? We'll see that in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9, 10, and 11, and even 12. Number two, will you not only offer the sacrifice of praise to our Heavenly Father because of who He is, but second way I believe the Lord wants to prepare us for when we get to our Father's house, is this, will you give thanks to our Heavenly Father because of His pardon and what He's done? I find that in Revelation chapter 7 and verses uh, really 12 and 13 and 14. And then there's a third way that we're going to see in this passage of Scripture this morning how God prepares us for our Time to spend in our Father's house. Number three, will you serve our Heavenly Father because of His protection and care? We'll see that very clearly in Revelation chapter 7 and namely verse 15. Finally, number four. The fourth way we'll see in the book of Revelation chapter 7 how the Lord prepares us for our Father's house is this. Will you stand on the promises of our Heavenly Father because of His faithfulness? And so that's where we're going today. Now, find the book of Revelation chapter number 14 first. Revelation 14 verse 1. And we'll come back to Revelation chapter 7. If you'd like to stand to read the Word of God, you can do so now. Uh, Revelation 14 parallels with Revelation chapter 7. This is obviously in the tribulation. By the way, you do know when you read the book of Revelation, don't try to figure it out numerically as in that would be chronological order. Rather, the best way to read Revelation is from a chronological event perspective rather than think one chapter will follow another in a numerical order as in events. It's not going to be the case. So we come to chapter 14, verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Sion, and with him 144,000, notice, having his father's name. That's why the Lord led me to that. I was praying this week, Lord, what would you have me to share? And, and that right there, his father's name written in their foreheads. Now skip back over to chapter 7 of the book of Revelation and turn back there because here's a parallel passage of the description that John, who's exiled on the Isle of Patmos, gives us in regards to these 144,000. Now, I'll not take time to read every verse, verses 1 through verse 9, but let me just bear, bear with me a moment to summarize verses 1 through verse 8. Here's a description of these 12,000 of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, I know if you're a Bible scholar or a Bible teacher or one who studies the Bible, you're well aware of the fact that the tribe of Dan is omitted and it's excluded from this list. Why? Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, indeed uh, omitted Dan, some say because of idolatry. However, I will mention this. The tribe of Dan is also mentioned in the book of Ezekiel chapter 48, and therefore it is included. You'll also note that uh, Joseph's son Manasseh is mentioned here as well. Now, there are those who today, and let me just briefly comment, and then we'll move right on, and I will read the text. Just simply by way of introduction, there are those who say that the ten tribes have been lost, the ones who went to the northern kingdom. However, I would beg to differ from that 
Because if you study the book of Ezra, you'll find out all 12 tribes went back indeed to the land of Israel. And therefore, I submit to you today that these are the 12 tribes of Israel listed in the book of Revelation chapter 7. In addition, we're going to see another crowd who is worshiping and blessing the Lord in heaven, namely the church and all the redeemed in this intermediate state before the new Jerusalem comes down. I said all that to lead us to verse 9. Look at verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude. This is not just Israel. This is a great multitude, including Gentiles as well. This is a scene in heaven. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice. I'm glad I'm going to enjoy heaven. You, you know, you say, uh, Pastor, you get loud. Guess what? Heaven's going to be loud. I said, heaven's going to be loud. If you don't believe in loudness now, you, you're not going to like heaven. Because look at verse 10. They cried with what kind of voice? A loud voice. That means they raised their voice. Yes, they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round and about the throne, and the elders about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing, glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. He said unto me, These are they which came out of, came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. By the way, that word came out of is the Greek word erkomai, which means came out and are coming out. They came out and there'll be more to come out. All right? Verse 15, therefore are they before the throne and serve him day and night in his temple. Underline that word temple. It's a very interesting word. Please don't bypass that. Don't overlook that. That is a significant uh, word here in this text. It lets us know where these individuals are and in regard especially to the New Jerusalem because the Bible never contradicts itself. And yet there'll be no temple in the New Jerusalem. That tells me this is not the New Jerusalem. Hello, we read that just the other day, remember? Revelation 21. There'll not be a temple in the New Jerusalem. Jesus is the temple. And yet here is a state in heaven that tells me this is before the New Jerusalem comes down. Are you with me? If you're with me, say amen. Oh, yeah. And then look at this. They that are before the throne, verse 15, and serve him day and night in the temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. That word dwell, skuno, means to cast a tent. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them under living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears. From their eyes. Father, again, we bless your holy name. 
Your word is truth. And we're hungry, we're thirsty. And oh God, I pray you'll fill us now. You'll feed us. Give us eyes to see, hearts to obey, wills surrendered. Teach us how to worship you. Teach us how to surrender to your will for our life. Break us free from idols and hindrances. God, I thank you now that you're our Heavenly Father. Teach us how to prepare when we will see you one glorious day in the sweet by and by. I pray blessings on every father here again. That God, you'd help us to appreciate our fathers no matter what. We love you and give you glory now for your great love for us. Thank you for what you're up to. And we bless you now as we yield afresh to you. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going today in our message. Number one, will you offer the sacrifice of praise to our Heavenly Father because of who He is? Number two, will you... Give thanks to our Heavenly Father because of His pardon and what He has done. And then we'll see in a moment, um, as in the text, number three, will you serve our Heavenly Father because of His protection and care? And then finally, will you stand on the promises of our Heavenly Father because of His faithfulness? Go back to number uh, uh, one. Again, let me draw your attention. I'm going to ask you, beloved, this is a question that I want to ask you today. Will you offer the sacrifice of praise to your Heavenly Father because of who He is? Will you do it today? Will you offer a sacrifice of praise? When you came today to church, did you come with intention to praise the Lord? Do you really want to bless the Lord today? That's what he's after. He's after us to praise him. Why do I say that? Because right here in the text, you'll notice it's very, very crystal clear. You'll notice in chapter number 7 and verse 9. Look at it. Chapter 7, verse 9. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations, kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne. This is what heaven's going to be like. They stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, palms representing praise. We might as well get used to praising the Lord now. We might as well get loose and be free from uh, everything that will keep us from praising the Lord right this moment. Why? Because all of this is preparatory when we get to heaven. All of this right now coming to church is on-the-job training. And I'm telling you, it's going to be glorious. I'm telling you, I got a feeling some of us are going to have to break out of the prison of our shyness, of our... our uh, inhibitions to praise the Lord. Why? Because all of heaven is going to be praising the Lord. And I'm telling you, the Lord said this in verse 10. Notice, they cried with a loud voice. A loud voice. It's all right to get loud. Hey, it's all right to get loud. Some people say, no, I don't. I'd rather, I'd rather just, uh, you think when we get to heaven, we're going to say, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Right here it says, we're going to praise the Lord with a loud voice. There's not going to be anything silent about this. God says that we're going to bless the Lord. 
Now, I know sometimes because of our past experiences, we don't like loud voices, but we might as well get used to it because it's going to be a lot of noise in heaven. He said to praise the Lord with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round and about the throne and about the elders. Verse 11, and the four beasts, notice, the four beasts, they uh, not only cried with a loud voice unto the Lamb, they, the four beasts, then fell before the Lamb on their faces and worshiped God. I don't understand how it's going to be when we get to glory. But somebody's well said, God the Son represented in the person of the second person of the Trinity, co-equal with the Father. But remember, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Therefore, no man has seen the Father at any time. The only begotten of the Son, the only begotten of the Father, the Son, that is, has showed him unto us. And there's only one way to get to the Father, and that's by the Son. I'm telling you, God the Son's going to be at the right hand of God the Father, and we're going to worship the Lord. I don't understand how it's going to be, but God in his splendor, in his radiance, in his glory, when we get to heaven, yes, the Son is going to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And can you imagine how it's going to be? I'm telling you, we ought to learn to praise the Lord now. Have you praised the Lord today? How many of you have said, I praise the Lord today? Let me see your hand. I praise the Lord today. Have you really praised the Lord? Why hadn't we praised the Lord? Isn't he worthy? Why hadn't we praised the Lord? Why aren't we right now shouting and saying, God, you are worthy to be praised? I got a feeling we need a little education on how to praise the Lord. We've gotten so traditionally minded that we think praising the Lord is sitting and just shaking or, or just acknowledging intellectually. But when we get to heaven, this absolutely is contrary to our thought processes of how to praise the Lord. It's going to be a time when we're not going to care about what our neighbor thinks of us or what somebody sitting behind us thinks about us or somebody on the side of us thinks about us. All that's going to matter is praising and worshiping our living God, our Heavenly Father because of who He is. Now, if He's not done anything for you, then you don't need to praise Him, right? But if God's done something for you, you and who he is, not just because of what he's done, but because of who he is, I'm telling you, this place ought to get absolutely to the point where the roof is almost ready to raise. Not a show, mind you, not trying to draw attention to ourselves, but because God inhabits the praises of his people and we might as well learn to get a little used to what's it going to be like in heaven. We're not going to be able to just sit silent in heaven. We've got to learn to say thank you, Lord, and learn to bless the Lord. Why? Because that's what God desires. Have you learned to do that? Why aren't you doing that? Do you ever have a shouting spell at your house or in the closet? Some people say, well, I'm, you know, it don't matter. But God help us to learn to praise the Lord. And by the way, speaking of praising the Lord, uh, I want to say that we, learn, we need to learn to appreciate our earthly fathers. You believe that? Absolutely. I want to say this. Fathers, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for some of you who feel unappreciative. I'm sorry for some of you who feel unappreciative. 
You feel like, well, my children don't appreciate me and my grandchildren. And I'm not talking about a pity party here. I'm just talking about genuine appreciation for fathers. I want to say, fathers, keep up the good work. Hey, your influence is absolutely imperative. How many of y'all had an earthly, godly uh, heritage and a Christian father? Did anybody have a Christian father? You know, he handed down a lasting legacy. And I want to say to fathers right now, our children are influenced by our life, people around us, our circle of influences. So, hey, be like that great uh, description in Psalm 1. Blessed is a man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. His law doth he meditate both day and night. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Fathers, keep up the good work. Fathers, you know what dads are asking today? Here's what dads are asking today. How can I love my wife unconditionally? How can I raise children without raising my blood pressure? Somebody say amen. How can I get out of debt? How can I make a difference? How can I hand down a lasting legacy? Questions fathers are asking today. I do not think, listen, if, and sometimes we don't have maybe a good role model as a father, but y'all listen, look up here. Regardless of whether your father was in the picture or not, regardless of whether your father was influential in your life or not, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your father. So you need to thank God right now. Regardless, I talked with a man just not long ago. He said, I hadn't spoken with my dad in months. And I understand there's a hurt. I understand there's a vacancy. But God the Father says, are you ready for this? I will be a father to you. And you will be my son. And you will be my daughter. I'll tell you what. If uh, we're having trouble praising our Heavenly Father, it's because we've not learned to relate to those that are around us. And maybe you didn't have a good earthly father, but I'm telling you, praise the Lord. Is there anybody here that can say God has raised up men around me in my life to be spiritual fathers or to be encouragers or to be those who are as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens the countenance of a friend. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. And I love Proverbs 20, verse 7. The just man walketh in his integrity and his children shall be blessed after him. Yes, the glory of Children are their fathers. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 6. Yes, character counts. A good name is rather be chosen than great riches. I know it seems like maybe you're in an island by yourself, but the Lord says you're not. I'm watching you. I'm taking note. And so I want to tell you, will you offer right now, will you offer the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of praise? Yes, will you right now offer the sacrifice of praise? It doesn't matter whether anybody else does. Will you do it right this moment? Will you say, my heavenly Father's been good to me. I want to bless you. I want to praise you. I want to... You to know I am yours and your mine. Will you do it right now? Right this moment. However that may be, do it right now. Right now. Don't look at me. Look at your Heavenly Father. Right now. Will you do it? Right now. Will you do it right now? Right now. Right now. Right now. Right this moment. Look to your Heavenly Father. I'm not here to entertain. You're not looking at me. 
the God, the Father, is looking at you. Will you thank him? Will you praise him? I believe you will. I read an article speaking of fathers. Did you hear about the 16-year-old young man that jumped into the waters on Thursday last week off the coast of North Carolina, 25 feet of water, and a shark got a hold of him. The shark grabbed a hold of his thigh. He was trying to beat the shark to get him off, and he couldn't. And it looked like all hope was gone, but his father saw what was going on. And according to the article, the father jumped in the water and swam over to where his son was at where the shark just got a hold of him and wouldn't let go. And the father began to beat the shark in the nose and beat on him. And finally the shark let him go. The young man was spared. He had 17 stitches as a result of being bitten by a shark. But that's a father. How many of you dads know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you got to fight off the demons of hell off your children. Y'all aren't talking to me today. You know what I'm talking about, buddy. You better fight off the demons of hell off your children. Why? Because the devil and all of his imps, they're coming after our grandchildren and our children. And it's not time to, uh, again, uh, get slack. Rather, it's time to put the whole armor of God on them. Number two, let me just say this, please. How can we prepare for heaven? My goal today is to prepare you for heaven. You're going, I hope, and if you're not, that's the first thing you need to do is make a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and through his sacrificial death and his substitutionary and vicarious resurrection. If you're going to heaven, I'm trying to prepare you what it's going to be like. And so I hope you're preparing right now. Number two, will you give thanks to your heavenly Father? Why? Because of his pardon. And what he's done, look over in chapter 7. Now look in verse number 13. Well, back up to verse 12. He said, saying amen, amen, and blessing, and glory, and wisdom. Here's in heaven. Here's the great multitude. It's not just Jews. It's not just 144,000. The church will be raptured before the tribulation. God's not a punish to wrath. We've talked about that and we've discussed that. And if you want to dig deeper in it, you can look at uh, the um, messages the Lord's had us to share, reasons to be ready for the right rapture. We go into more detail. But right now, simply to say, the church is going to be raptured up in heaven. What do you think we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to first stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But then what's going to take place? The marriage of the Lamb. And then what's going to take place? We're going to prepare to come back with our Lord Jesus to and see him inaugurate his kingdom. Wait a minute. What are we going to do in heaven? What are you doing? Are you preparing? You know, we have all these ideas about heaven and what heaven's going to be like. And we watch movies about it. And Hollywood portrays heaven. I don't really care what Hollywood says about it. I want to know what the Bible says about it. Here it is right here. It tells us exactly what we're going to be doing. Look at it again, verse 12. Amen and blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, thanksgiving, thanksgiving to God. Not just because you get all the, and we get all the things we ask for. We, if we're not careful, God becomes a supermarket. and we just, We're thankful when we get things, but when we don't get things, it's hard to be thankful. Look at it. He says, notice, wisdom and, and verse 12. Thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. You know, there's some of you right now saying, you know, I want to know more about God and I want to dig deeper. I talked with a man two hours this week. And he said, I want to get deeper. And I got to thinking about that. 
And I said, you know what? You want to you know, you know how to get deeper in spiritual things? Start doing the things you know right now that, to do, and you're not doing them now. Like praising the Lord now. You think God's going to reveal more to us if we don't even obey the elementary things in the Scripture? He's not. And that's why I'm trying to encourage you. Hey, look. Hey, look, will you give thanksgiving to God? Why? Because of his pardon. Keep reading. Verse number 13. He said, and one of the elders answered, singing to me, what are these that are arrayed in white robes? And whence, they, whence came they? And I said unto him, sir, thou knowest. He said unto me, these are they which came out of great tribulation, mega and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Hey, the last time I saw it, I, I, I don't think blood makes something white. Red doesn't turn something white, does it? This is a spiritual application. Uh, it, it does make us spiritually clean. Oh, yes. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet. They should be white as snow. They be red like crimson. They should be as wool. Isaiah 118. And yes, in Romans 5, 9, Paul said, being much more justified by his blood, we should be saved from wrath through him. Hey, look, will you offer thanksgiving to God right now? Why? Because, because we've come, uh, these, this crowd and anybody this uh, child of God are saved, we've come by the way of the cross. We've come by the blood of the Lamb. And that's why we ought to offer thanksgiving to God. We ought to say, Lord, I want to praise my Heavenly Father because of who you are. I want to thank you, Lord, because of your pardon, your forgiveness in my life. You know, there's a great danger in our modern-day postmodern and our postmodern mindset uh, of uh, getting over what, <laughs> where you were and what you've done and how God has snatched us out of the pits of hell, as it were. I mean, I mean, I mean we were just one breath away. We were just one step away. And the, the, the Lord and His goodness, He didn't have to. He sent His Son to die for me and you. Hey, if nothing else, if I can't think of anything else to thank God for, I ought to say, Lord, I've been made and made clean in the blood of the Lamb. Hey, let me give you two, two parts of what I want to share. Number one, washed in the blood. Note this, if you're taking notes, Revelation 1.5, John said unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Oh, yes. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, forgiveness of sin. So, so here is the crowd. They've been, they've been washed white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, notice, they're clothed in white garments. Did y'all notice that? They're clothed in white garments. If you look back in verse number 9, he says, they stood before the Lamb with white robes. You know what this means? I love this. I love this. You know what this means? This means God in His grace and mercy and His great love. He takes those filthy clothes of self-righteousness and thinking we can earn our way to heaven, thinking that we are good enough, thinking that I'm not as bad as them and I haven't done anything too bad. Whosoever keeps the whole law, yet offends in one place, he's guilty of it all. And so that's James 2.10. And so here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. God clothes us in his righteousness. Now you need to think about this for a minute. Will you think about this for a minute? He, he takes off the, uh, the self-righteousness that we're born with. 
David said, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. That's Psalm 51, verse 5. There's not a just man upon all the earth who doeth good and sinneth not. That's Ecclesiastes 7, 20. And we've all, of course, missed the mark, as Romans 3.23 says. But in spite of that, God, hey, I want to thank God today whether anybody else does because of his pardon, because of his forgiveness, because he put our sins in the depths of the Red Sea of the blood of Jesus. Micah 7.19 says he cast our sin behind his back and he puts it in the depths of the sea as far as the east is from the west. He removes our transgressions and he remembers our sin no more. And then you know what he does? He restores us. I love this. Are you ready for this? You ought to shout. If you, if you don't shout, you ought to believe in shouting. He, he, and not pout. I didn't say pout. I said shout. Uh, yeah, he, he, he restores us back into fellowship with him. Isn't that glorious? Hallelujah. And now we're no longer guilty. And now we're no longer under condemnation. And now he no longer looks at us apart from his son. Rather, we're adopted in the family. Yes, he seals us. By the way, if you look at Revelation chapter 7 and verse number uh, 3, notice, hurt not the earth, neither the seed nor the trees, till we seal the servants of God in their forehead. That word seal is used seven t- ten times Revelation chapter 5 and 6. And this reference to sealing is not only to these 144,000, and I'm sorry to say these are not Jehovah Witnesses. No, these are 12,000 out of the 12 tribes of Israel. They're supernaturally sealed. And by the way, let me give you some extra information derived from Revelation chapter 14. You know who these are? Male, virgin, Jews. I derived that conclusion from Revelation chapter 14. And, and, and so these are sealed supernaturally. But wait a minute. How many know that we too, the body of Christ, the church, are sealed too? Sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. What's the reference? Ephesians 4.30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Lupio, don't hurt the Holy Spirit. Whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. Not sealed under the day you mess up. Sealed under the day of redemption. Man, I tell you, that ought to call somebody to shout right there. Aren't you glad that God is long-suffering with us? Aren't you glad that uh, I asked, uh, uh, who is it, this morning, I asked one of our ladies, I said, how you doing, Eddie? And she said, better than I deserve. <laughs> how many know that God's been better to us than we deserve? Amen. And so, and so, let's praise him, church. Let's bless him, church. Let's thank him, church. Let's say, God, you've been good. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Oh, yes. You know, I heard a story some years ago about a young man that went to the street corner, and he was to catch a bus. And another man showed up at the street corner. Uh, the man had been riding that bus for over a decade, 10 years, and the man said, are you here to wait on the bus? The young boy said, yes, sir, I am. He said, but I'm going to go down the road there. The bus is going to stop down there. The man said, wait a minute, son. I've been riding this bus for a decade, 10 years. The bus is going to stop right here. The little boy said, no, sir, it's going to stop down there. And the little boy made his way over to the other street corner. The man said, son, don't argue with me. I've been riding this bus for a long time. I know the bus stops here every day. I've ridden it time and time again. The little boy walked over to the other street corner. About that time, a bus came screeching up uh, to the corner where the little boy was. 
The doors open. The little boy was climbing up the steps. He looked at the man and said, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, my dad's the bus driver. I'll tell you something, our father's the bus driver. Thank God, I know when he's coming back. He's coming back, yes, in glory and power. Can I give you a third way that God prepares us for that father's house? God, help us. And then be appreciative. By the way, how many of you fathers are learning forgiveness and learning to forgive? Let me see your hand. All fathers I know have, have to learn this, and we're learning. Notice I said we're learning how to forgive. Why? People disappoint you. Children disappoint you. Things happen in life, and not only does our Heavenly Father forgive us, but thank God he says, be kind to one another. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Maybe they're listening by live stream. Maybe they're sitting right here. You're having a hard time forgiving somebody in your life. Understand, it's not, a, it's not, a, just, it's not just a fancy of our emotional feelings. Rather, it's a choice. We choose to forgive. We have to choose to forgive. And, and it's not easy, granted, but we choose to forgive. Who is it right now that you're having a hard time? They did you wrong. They cheated you. They did some things, and maybe it's a, a, a dad. Maybe it's a family member. Are you, are you, you got to move on. You're the loser. You're the loser. We're the loser when we don't forgive. Release. We've got to release the hurt or that inner pain and, uh, that's been inflicted. In other words, if we don't, then we give ground to the enemy and the stronghold and a foothold and a toehold. Yes, pardon. That's what the Lord is saying to us. But that leads us to number three. Number three. Will you and I serve our Heavenly Father? Not only will you and I praise our Heavenly Father because of who He is, and not only will you and I give thanks to our Heavenly Father because of what He's done, His pardon. Number three. Will you and I serve our Heavenly Father because of, what's this, His protection and His care? Notice this again in the book of Revelation and look in verse 15 and 16. Look at this. Will you serve our Heavenly Father? Look at this, verse 15. Therefore are they, which, uh, they, uh, are they before the throne and, notice, and serve him. You know what we're going to do when we get to heaven? Serve the Lord. Might as well get used to it now. Look at this. Therefore are they before the throne, verse 15, and serve him how often? Day and night. That's all the time. You know, somebody says, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do this. We have uh, the same amount of time. Some are busier than others. But look, if you don't make time, you won't have time. How many know that you've got to make time to serve the Lord? How many know you got to be, watch this, and I want to give you three words that were given to me a long time ago and the Lord quickened them in my heart. Three terms in this matter of serving uh, the Lord. But, but hold that thought. I'll give them to you in a moment. I want to point out something else before I go to that. Look at verse 15. They are they which before the throne and serve him day and night. And then that last phrase. Where? Serve him where? In his temple. Now, how many of y'all remember the other day? Again, this is our eighth message in the book of Revelation. I hope you're picking up things. And if you're not, you can go back and review. I appreciate uh, Katie and others who are putting these messages and videos on 
our New Rocky Creek Baptist Church YouTube, it's not just for, uh, for, you know, just for the sake of doing it. Rather, it's for equipping the saints. It's for giving people who maybe aren't uh, able to come. There's a number of those. And yet it's for you and me to learn the Word of God. Somebody says, well, uh, anyway. So uh, the word temple there, again, I just want to point out what I said earlier. In the New Jerusalem, there's not going to be a temple, Revelation chapter 21 describes. That tells me that these are not in the New Jerusalem. If y'all agree, raise your your hand for a moment, would you? All right, everybody see that? This is important. To me it is because uh, the Bible doesn't contradict itself. So now let's keep reading it. Then I want to give you those three words. He said, uh, these are serving God day and night and uh, in his temple. And he that sit on the throne shall dwell among them. Here's where I get that word protection. Here's where I get that word protection. Remember I asked you, uh, earlier about because of his protection. I, I studied that, and the Lord showed me that that's the word where we get our word protection. In verse uh, number 15, they uh, shall dwell. The word dwell there, skuno, means to protect. How many know that today, if God doesn't protect us, we're sunk? Yeah, how many know today that the angel of the Lord encampeth around and about them that fear him? How many believe in angels? Let me see your hand. Don't you think that God's got some angels around you? I don't know about some of you. I don't know if I'd put angels. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, don't you think that God's got some angels around you? Absolutely. Angels are all around us. And if you could just open up your spiritual eyes, you'd say, God, you protected me. How many, I don't know how it's all going to be, but I got a feeling if we look back on our life, we could see there'd been time after time after time, our life would have been snuffed out had the Lord not intervened and protected us. And, 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 and so I just want to praise the Lord right now and say, God, <laughs> you, you, you're doing things I don't even know about. You, you're, you're watching over me when I'm not even watching over myself. Yes, and, and the word there, again, in, in uh, chapter 7, means to, uh, to cast or to set up a tent, to shield and protect. So, again, how many of us right now will serve the Lord? Why? He's protecting us. He's caring for us. Oh, yes, he is. He's caring for us. I don't know if you've been sick lately, but I battled the old influenza B a few months ago. How many of y'all had the flu lately? I'll tell you what, buddy, when you get down on your back and you get the old-time flu or something else, and some of you have been through some stuff, you know what I'm talking about. When you can't help yourself, buddy, you and I, have to cry out to God for his mercy. And if the Lord doesn't raise us up off our bed of affliction, it won't happen. We can't call any politicians and get us out of that mess. Doctors can't sometimes give us the right medicine. If the Lord, who is Jehovah Rapha, doesn't heal us, Brother Eddie, we're in trouble. And by the way, talking about angels, Eddie's riding down the road 55, 60 miles an hour on his motorcycle, just left the church, deer run out in front of him, boom, on a motorcycle in the afternoon with his grandson on the back of it. How many know that that spells major danger when you hit deer on a motorcycle going that speed and then you're on the road? It's a miracle Eddie's still with us today. Praise the Lord. 
with exception of some skin arms, amen, and a hurt shoulder. But praise the Lord. I mean, we don't take that for granted. It's God. It's the purpose of God. Yes, even the Lord watches over us, and I don't understand that all. But I say, Lord, I know that you've got my best interest in mind. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Three words I'm going to give you. Here they are. You ready? Write them down. Available, adaptable, accessible. Available, adaptable, accessible. I want to shift gears on our Heavenly Father. Now let's concentrate on earthly Father for a moment. Available, adaptable, accessible. First, available. Are you available for God to use you, our Father? Yes, as a Father pitied his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knows our frame. And are you accessible? When God comes knocking on your door, do you say, I'm busy right now. I can't do that. God says, I want you to talk with this person down there. I want you to pray for this. I want you to pray for this person right now. Lord, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I got to get some sleep. Are you available? Are you adaptable? When things change, are you accessible? And, and so it is, as an earthly father, these three words certainly describe the role of a father. Adaptable. Things happen. you got to adapt. You know what I'm talking about, dads. And accessible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when our children get a little older, uh, they call you when they want to call you. Amen? And if you're not accessible, then you're not probably going to talk with them. And uh, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you dads know what I'm talking about. Now, if you're sitting there and say, bless God, I don't, I don't answer the phone. Come on, let's be honest. And uh, anyway, accessible, adaptable, and available. Available. Yes, available. So here it is, dads. Will you serve the Lord? Will you serve the Lord? Will you serve the Lord right now? Why? Because of his protection and because of his care for us. That leads us to number four. We stand on the promises of our Heavenly Father because of His faithfulness. Look again, please, in verse number 16 and 17. Verse 16 and 17. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. I like that. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Somebody says, what's well, it going to be, crying in heaven? Uh, there's speculation about this matter of, of, of uh, once we get to heaven. You know, I don't think there's going to be crying as in uh, regret of things we should have done. I don't think that's going to be it at all. That's just my personal opinion. But God's emphasis there seems to be his comfort and his presence with us in heaven. And so that leads me to this. Uh, 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 he'll wipe away all tears from their eyes. Will you stand on your Heavenly Father's promises? Will you do that right now? Will you stand on the promises of our Heavenly Father because of His faithfulness? Can I just wrap it up by saying this? There's a lot of promises in this book right here, aren't there? I look over there in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 following. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I look over there in Mark chapter number 9 and verse 28, 29. Jesus said, this kind only comes by prayer and fasting. I look over there in Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and through 24, where Jesus said, have faith in God. He said, whatsoever things you ask, believe, and you shall receive. I look over there in Luke chapter 21 in the context of the end time where the Lord Jesus said that there'd be distress of nations, perplexities, men's hearts failing them for fear for the things that are to come upon the earth. And then shall the Son of God come in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I'm talking about the promises of God. 
I look over there in John chapter 10, verse 27, 28, where Jesus said, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I look over there in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 where Luke says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I look over there in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 where Paul gives us that great promise. We know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things are good, but it says all things work for our good. I look over there in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I find where Paul said, There is no temptation taken you but such as common a man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. But with the temptation, make a way to escape that you might be able to bear it. I'm talking about standing on the promises of God. I turn over there to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 and 15 where Paul said, Thanks be to God which causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. I turn over there to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 and Paul said, Stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. I look over there in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 where Paul said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. Yeah, promises of God. I look in Philippians 1, 6, chapter 1, verse 6. He that begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank God he finishes what he starts. I turn over there to Colossians chapter number 2 and verse 13 where Paul said he blotted out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us, having nailed it to his cross. Yes, I look at 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 and 17, where Paul said the Lord was going to descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those of us that are alive and remain caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one of those words. I turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 following, where Paul said the mystery of iniquity has already worked. The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only now he'll let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose comings after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Yeah, I look over there in Titus chapter number 1 and verse 2 where God says he's promised us eternal life and God cannot lie. I turn over there to the book of Philemon and verse 7 and find out Philemon was refreshing the saints, the promises of God. I look over there in Hebrews chapter number 4 where we're told to, uh, to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. That's uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15, 16, and 17, or verse 16 rather. I, I turn over there to James where God gives us a promise. He says, draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. He said, if you'll submit to me, you can resist the devil. He'll flee from you. I look over there in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, where Peter says, we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last days. I turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 14, where the Lord said, the, the day of the Lord will come when the heavens shall pass away with great noise. And then I see where Peter says, Nevertheless, we look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. 
I turned to 1 John and 1 and 9 where I see where the Lord said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm talking about the promises of God. I'm talking about will you stand on them today? I look over there in 2 John and find out if anybody brings any other doctrine beside the doctrine of Christ, don't receive them in your home. I turn over there to 3 John and I read about three men in the church, a man named Gaius, a man named Demetrius, and a man named Diotrephes. Yeah, I turn over there to the book of Jude, verse 24 and 25, where the Lord said he's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, honor, majesty, and power, both now and forevermore. I turn over there, those great promises of God, the book of Revelation, chapter 22, and verse 20, and before, where John said, he said, yes, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. And then Jesus said, surely I come. Even so come, Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, there's a lot of promises in this old book right here. And thank God we can stand on them. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, would you? Speaking of standing on the promises of God. Now maybe today, right now, there's a father right here in this place somebody that's been a father to you and you want to thank God for them. You just want to say, I appreciate you, my friend. I love you. Would you do it as we have a time of prayer? Would you, if you have no one right now that's in the service, those listening, would you just lift up your eyes and say, thank you, God, for my earthly father and thank you, God, for those men you placed around my life. We all ought to be thanking God right now. Oh, yes, Father, we come again and know that you're preparing us, Jesus, for our Father's house. You set the table before us. And I confess, we don't know what all it's going to be like, but I thank you for preparing me as I've been studying and reading. I want to be ready, Lord. And I don't know if I'm completely ready yet or not, but I pray you'll get me ready. And I pray for your church, men and women. Christians, believers, God, you'll get us ready. You'll just bless and anoint and empower earthly fathers who are tired and weary. God, thank you. Your promises are true. I pray for those discouraged and those in the church that, uh, that uh, our Lord uh, discouraged and depressed. God, help us to break out of our shell of depression and see that you're with us and see that you want to work in us and help us to be clay in the potter's hand. Lord, things aren't going all the time the way I want them to go, but God, I, I pray that you'll put a song in our heart. and You'll help us not to pout, but shout. You'll help us not to complain. And, uh, oh God, that you'll give the create within us, dear Lord, an attitude of gratitude for your church and for your word and for you. For you're coming again. Help us not to sow discord among the brethren. Help us not to be negative. Help us, dear God, to rejoice in you always. And I pray there'll be a mighty Holy Ghost revival because the saints and we are happy and rejoicing in the finished works of Calvary. So, Father, do what needs to be done in every daddy, those that are down in the dumps, Lord, feeling like failures. God, thank you that you're a father to us. Hallelujah. And I want to say thank you, my heavenly father, for my earthly father, and for men you've raised up around me. God, help us not to take each other for granted, we pray.
liberate us right now. We ask it in Jesus' name. And with thanksgiving, amen, amen.